to another episode of the Serpent Temple podcast. Today, we are going to be looking at two fresh new albums. The first is going to be by Fires in the Distance, and the name of the album is Air, Not Meant for Us. The second is going to be Terrorsite by Cattle Decapitation. But Floyd, what have you been up, f- up to? Fuck's sake. <laughs> I already messed it up. I was so smooth. I was so smooth. I thought you were going to hit me with an up dog. <laughs> this place smells of up dog. <laughs> We've just had a really nice, big, hearty meal of up dog. It was big. Yeah, yeah. My stomach's probably at 70% capacity, which it hasn't been for the last 10 years. So it's uh, that's good. What have I been up to? So uh, you guys played Desert Fest. We sure did. An amazing set. Packed out the dev. There was a queue all the way around to Sainsbury's. <laughs> it was uh, Alistair was watching through the window. It wasn't just him. Though. Like there was a point where I was singing and I opened my eyes and there was people like with their hands pressed up against the windows. <laughs> so just Alistair, like three of the dev windows were just like covered in people. It was amazing. That's amazing. I was so close to falling into the drum kit halfway through just there. I came yeah. within a hair's breadth of just. <laughs> His hair kept going on my hands, and so I had to like. I, I usually I'd like put my hands out, but like one side of me was like slightly closer to my body. Yeah. That was really funny. As a Shem was pulling an anti-valiant, getting his hair stuck in places. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Sound. I tell you what, though, the acoustics in the dev actually does sound good. Like it's uh, surprisingly, we were we were okay. Yeah. yeah, not the most ergonomic venue. Like it's just like it doesn't take much to pack it out. But like it was, it doesn't. <laughs> I just beat you guys up. Yeah, it doesn't take much to pack out. <laughs> Don't get ahead of yourself. It's not much of an achievement. <laughs> Very small, but but achievement, yeah. achievement, achievement. Yeah. But anyone that mattered was there. <laughs> if true. you were there, you're cool. <laughs> yeah, it was. But it was great. So congratulations on that. It was a great set. Cheers, mate. Uh, you guys, I don't think we've done an episode since you guys went to Uprising. No, we've we? had a busy few weeks. Yeah. yeah, we went to Uprising in Leicester. It was absolutely sick. We played an O2 Academy. We played this the O2 two, not the big O2, but it was still fucking massive. It was like 400 cap. Yeah. And the room was pretty full. It was the most people we've ever played to, and it was mad. We had, like, a fucking st- Spinal Tap-style, like, journey to the <laughs> stage. We had no idea where it's we so were. Nice. Yeah, it was, I was, like, looking for... A, I have an anxiety dream, like, once a week, where I'm about to play a show, and I'm in a big venue, and I'm looking for the toilet, and I can't find it, and it actually came true. Oh, no way. Because, like, we were in this venue, and it's just stairs. It's just stairs and corridors and, like, random rooms with, like, doors, and you're just, like, opening it, and, like, oh, this is a cupboard. Oh, this is another corridor. And I really needed to pee before the set, and I just couldn't find it. <laughs> The toilet should have done a Fergie from Black Eyed Peas. What did she do? That just straight up pissed herself on stage. Wow, but that's like it's a famous like picture of her with like a very visible stain around that area. Wow, that's like another anxiety that now I feel like (laughs) is gonna happen to me in real life. That's why I always wear black. Yeah, Yeah. I I like I like (laughs) colors though. I don't want to wear black all the time. That's why I always wear brown. It's, uh, it's funny when you're talking about the anxiety dream. For some reason, the, the Scala came to mind. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just that was a great well, gig. Yeah. The Anel Nathrop gig we went to, but like that place is amazing. Something strange about that venue. I like it, but like it was the coldest venue I've ever been it to. It was designed by David Lynch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking designed by MC Escher. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna have like some like yeah. What's that fucking not American Psycho? The other one. Where he's in the hotel and it's cold and the twins are in the corridor. Shining. Shining. I always got those two mixed up. Don't know no. why. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. They're both popular films. <laughs> is it? Is there? A, is it a franchise? The Shining. Technically, it is because 
Oh. Yeah, Doctor Sleep was released not too long ago. Oh, was that a follow-up? That's that's the sequel to The Shining. Yeah. Doctor Sleep. It was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> not the right kind of doctor. Sorry. <laughs> what wasn't a Harold Shipman biography? <laughs> But, uh, it's uh, so that was great. Uh, you guys caught a bit of Grave Lines, right, uh, fellow Serpent yeah. Temple yeah, alumni? Yeah, I fucking love Grave Lines. Ten out of ten bands. And I had a, uh, a hardcore metalcore gig on the same night, so I went to catch uh, Kublai Khan. Well, I'll say the whole bill. It was Dying Wish, Pale Face, Kublai Khan, TX, because I think there might be some another Kublai Khan. Either that, or maybe it's something to do with some form of copyright infringement or something with the name, perhaps. But. And then uh, counterparts, mm. who are basically misery signals light, and he said that himself. So I'm not going to say that. Yet, so. uh, but it was a great gig. Like Kublai Khan were a big draw for me to go there. Just really meaty, stompy, uh, hardcore, just like an overly anabolic frontman, um, just making dog noises. It was like it was like a hardcore DMX when DMX used to make like the dog bark noises he was just doing a lot of that and it was just I swear to god I felt like somebody had injected like 50 cc's of fucking trend balloon right into my ass <laughs> it was um, it was amazing it was a really good gig but my feet were trend fucking is that, is that a real thing? yeah that's trend that's hilarious yeah I, I probably fucked up that's probably I, I've heard it pronounced like that that's crazy yeah, there's like a video of a guy ordering it and like getting it in his taxi I can't remember where it's like a really he's just like yeah he just calls someone up and he's like where the fuck? I'm sorry. Really interesting anecdote there. It's like a mixture between trembling and bone. Yeah. It's like a very weak sounding name yeah, for a thing that makes of, you strong. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you could because there's some people when taking it they refer to it by saying, oh, "I'm just having a trend baloney sandwich." <laughs> <laughs> That's how you announce you've been to the gym. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just by meeting with uh, Dr. Jim Waits <laughs> and Do- Dominic Bell. <laughs> it's funny because every time I put that message, I still pop for it. I still think yeah. that, this is the funniest shit ever. I think it's funny. If I was like super rich in a hardcore band, I'd have like a show where if you came to the show, you'd have to like lean over a table and get a shot of that in your ass. And then yeah. just see what happens. Just see what the pit is like for the like. You just drug everyone. Just drug. Everyone's on like weightlifting drugs. They're well, like really I can, aggressive. I can, I can guarantee you, I've seen 90% of hardcore kids, and I can guarantee you they're fucking clean. There's not an ounce of steroids <laughs> in any of their bodies. Oh, okay. Maybe it has to be like black metal then. <laughs> the strongest genre but like naturally yeah no i think I well think i mean i don't know how you classify man of war but whichever genre man will <laughs> technically that power yeah, power know, trad I, I, it's its own genre man i, I love man of war i agree with him but that guitarist being a pedophile brings him down and he's oh, very shit, weak yeah. looking as well he's, yeah. very, weak he's very weak looking yeah, he's yeah. weaker now he's been in prison yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Mm. He's yeah. trembling yeah. in prison. <laughs> strongest genre. I'd probably give it to death metal. Yeah, I'd give it to hardcore, but is that metal? Yeah, no. it's a heavy music genre. Heavy music genre. Yeah. Oh, juggalos. They're strong. Maybe they're strong because they're big. You seen that big guy? And they're professional wrestlers. I'm not saying I support them, but I think they're. The, I think they would Shaggy, win. Shaggy, Two Dope, and uh, Byron Jane. Jane. That's them. They're really nice guys. You know? Is it? Yeah. So basically, I'll give you a bit of context here to another niche that I'm interested in, which is the wrestling world. Um, they were involved with most major wrestling promotions at some point. Uh, they had their own backyard kind of like organizations. They used to have a thing called JCW Juggalo Championship Wrestling. If that wasn't obvious. And um, one of the things I love doing in my spare time is watching shoot interviews with wrestlers. So it's wrestlers kind of. 
Uh, not so much exposing the scene, but what's called breaking kayfabe, which is like the wall of kind of like protection behind what goes on behind the scenes. And it's become really prevalent for these shoot interviews to happen in like the mid-2000s. And ICP did one with one of the best shoot companies called Kayfabe Commentaries. And they came across like the chillest, funniest, just most down-to-earth, humble guys. I think I've seen that. They were just like so super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and it really changed my I mean I've only I've only listened to one ICP song. No, tell a lie too, because they the did the one about magnets. They, yeah, it's the one about the <laughs> fucking magnets, how do they work? Yeah. Miracles. Yeah. And then uh, they did a theme for the uh the oddities and the WWF in the mid nineties. They had a song called uh, Behind the Pain and it was like a sad hip hop song about them being sad that women wanted to sleep with them but only when they were wearing their face makeup. No makeup. way. And they, and they were like, yeah, in the words and he's like behind the paint that's a shell of a used up man. <laughs> That's a really good impersonation. So funny, that, that actually man. just sound like that. So there's, there's this video on Instagram of like an influencer and her boyfriend and he's like sitting behind her and she's like, me and my boyfriend have been doing this thing where we've been having sex every day for a month. Oh, and look, the that man looks dead. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. so, so much post-not clarity. He's yeah. in space. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> he's just ascended to the next Yeah, world. that man is zonked. Yeah, <laughs> so, I saw that. That is an empty shell of a man. That's the emptiest man I've ever seen. <laughs> No. <laughs> Speaking of uh, empty shells, we're well. We're not reviewing it just yet, but the Cow Decapitation album has a locust emerging from an empty shell. How about that segue? In the first song, he also talks about in the lyrics about um, new, now crumbling uthukas from which a new species of human arises, which is the shell of an insect. There you go. Shells. Yeah. Also a band. Yeah. Yeah. And an oil company. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that company. <laughs> Fuck Shell. But should we move on to the first album we're doing today? Let's do it. This is also related to Shell, the oil company, Air Not Meant For Us by Fires In The Distance. So this band, never heard of them before discovering this album, just saw somebody kind of recommending it on Twitter, and they'd be like, this name sounds kind of cool, I'll check this out. So they are from Newington, Connecticut, which is close to WWE's territory. Should just do a fucking wrestling podcast. <laughs> then, um, We're a secret wrestling podcast. And it consists of, oh God, some of these names are tricky. Do you want me to give you a hand? Craig, no, nah, I've got it, I've got it, I've got this under control. <laughs> Craig Breitsprecher. Who handles bass and vocal duties. Not sure who does the main vocals between the guitarist and the bassist because it's not specified. So either him or Christian Grimaldi, who handles guitars and vocals. So one of them is the lead vocalist. I'm guessing one's the backing vocalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also got Igor Savonin on guitar and synths and Jordan Rip on drums. Um, so for to give a bit of a preface about what to expect from this album, this is kind of like your... Late 90s, mid-2000s era of Melodeath was just much more kind of like imbued with melody. Like it's not Melodeath in the traditional sense, like you're at the gates or like early in flames or early Dark dark Tranquility. It's much more similar to later Dark Tranquility. So like it's very synth heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like a a very doom laden as well, similar to like a band like Insomnium. But it's just really, really solid melodic death doom metal. Like and I really, really enjoyed it. It's very vibey, very moody. All the songs are in excess of five minutes long, so it's kind of like, for those of a short attention span, it might not be something that will tickle your fancy. But like, mm. if you want something to just kind of sit back, listen to and chill, it really uh, ticked all the boxes for me. For me, it was like a fusion of Agalock and Paradise Lost. Yeah, I think you mentioned Paradise Lost off camera, and I think that's a I very did. good um, comparison. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, they've just got that doom aspect to it. But like, you know, it's it's not boring. Like, I think the songs are built well. Mm. Um 
like they do require a patient listener i think because the band does like to take its time kind of like building the layers of melody and synth and there's you know pretty much every song has got like a piano interludes to start and then it just slowly slowly builds up a bit similar to kind of like how neurosis do things but obviously a completely different genre but like there's always like a cool crescendo then you get a bit of a lull and then the song kind of like climaxes again and just like great um use of kind of like um staccato riffing at certain points as well yeah like just uh, kind of reminds me a bit of... Um, do you remember the band uh, Divine Heresy? No. Oh, I love Divine Heresy. Yeah, so Divine Heresy were a... I don't know side project's last word, but a new project founded by Dino of Fear Factory. You had Tim Yoon, who was a one-time drummer of Vital Remains amongst... Uh, and Morbid Angel as well, yeah, I think. Drumful. Oh, yeah. um, and, uh, and then the singer was... Uh, what's his name? Tommy Vexed. Tommy Vexed, who was the singer of Bad Wolves, right, for a bit, before he got kicked out for, for some reason or other. I can't remember. But yeah... But it's like, if you like that Fear Factory, really like a t- intense, like chromatic stop-start kind of riffing, then it was, it's amazing for that. There's some absolute killer riffs on that album. It's like if Howard Jones sang in Fear, Fear Factory. Yeah. It's a bit like that. You're, you're on the money there, 100%. He had that kind of Howard Jones cream to him yeah, as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so there's moments on this album where there's like, there's a lot of cool stop-start bits. And I, I really love that when it's interspersed with like, kind of like synth-heavy, really like... Um, emotive like soundscapes and and i like the simps on this album i know you're not a fan of simps no i like good synth and this yeah. is good synth oh good i'm yeah, glad I don't, there's, a, there's a certain kind of synth i don't like and it's very it's like it's really it's really difficult for me to put my finger on it because like cradle of filth use it a lot but i actually do kind of like some of cradle of filth stuff you could just it's say like, it's like, black metal synth if you want it's like that <laughs> shitty tinny synth that i don't like if it's like badly produced, if it's like Nine Inch Nails doing proper analog synth and it's been mixed really well and it sits perfectly in the mix, this is like that. This has got that good synth in it too. Yeah. It is like analog synth is the kind of stuff you tend to like. I love analog synth. Like analog synth VST, I noticed that that's just... I, I, like, I like thick synth. Yeah, the synth wave kind My of synth has to be taking a lot of tremolone for me to like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think what this band does well, and it's kind of evident in the first track, which I think is very kind of emblematic of how the whole album kind of sounds i feel like every component is prevalent in all the tracks but especially the first track i think it's a very strong opener is i like the way and i think this is probably down to the production as well i like the way how i think when you've got a very synth heavy band or album you've got to make sure that it's very well balanced and well mixed with the other instruments Mm. because i feel like if you have it too weak then it might as well not fucking be there have it too overpowering then you've it's overshadowing the guitar and I think what this band does is do a great job of one composing the music, so the way the synth isn't over overbearing, but also the way it's been produced is done in a way where it just sounds kind of tasteful, yeah. and everything's well balanced, and it sounds good, and it sounds organic. Whereas, like you know, sometimes if you listen to, I know we were shitting on them a bit earlier, and I love the band, but Septic Flesh, like sometimes their synth, and I think this is part of their appeal, to be honest, to me, is so fucking over the top and like an overly orchestral. As much as I fucking love it, I know why it, it like completely turns people off. It's like a teenage goth discovering Crushed Velvet for the first time. <laughs> it's just everywhere and a yeah. bit too much. I do like Septic Flesh and I do like, I kind of, I enjoyed the synth when I started listening to them. But now like that, the quality of it isn't quite, it's not like the 2023 synth that I, I expect, which is what I'm getting here. Are you guys talking more like a Fidian wheel and stuff like that? Because the most recent stuff is all the... Chicken. I'm not talking about recent yeah, Septic Flesh. Yeah, the, the yeah. No, this is like, like 2006 Septic Flesh. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. not synth, though. They're, they're just using, yeah, like, they're using like a Yamaha yeah, keyboard and being like, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, though, 
because I was talking about how, you know, it's sometimes disappointing when, like, you know, a lot of it's piped into a backing track. Mm. But I did watch that set live where they had the Czech Philharmonic Orchestra playing. Oh, really? they, they had them play live them once, and it sounded fucking unreal. Because I, I love yeah. their music so much. So I feel like you, you can only really do it justice by having, like, an actual orchestra there. Totally. I agree. And it's interesting because this album does have, like, real instrumentation. So there is live strings. There's also additional orchestration. And there's violin and viola and cello. So there's a string quartet that's working in this album too, which is beautiful. I love viola. They get such a bad rep from other instrument players. Like, they're kind of like the butt of a lot of string instrument jokes. So so why is that? So I'm uneducated on this. So what <laughs> so is it about viola, viola? I don't really... It's been, I used to play violin. So yeah. that was one of my first... That was my second instrument. Um, and, like, in orchestra, the violas are sort of like viewed as like i don't think it's just right because i, I actually think the viola is a beautiful sounding instrument because it's between yeah. a violin and a cello it's like a really big violin and oh, it's got okay. like a beautiful bassy earthy tone but it's just given like the shit parts oftentimes and there's like there's just like loads of jokes about viola players being useless and it being a useless instrument but i actually think it's like a very important instrument and it really holds up like it's like the rhythm bassy aspect of you know the orchestra so would you say it's the the um, classical equivalent of the bass player. No, yeah, kind of. Well, the double bass is. The violin's guitar, the viola is the baritone guitar. And the I think you'll find <laughs> you're being quite anachronistic there, my darling. But um, the cellos are stunning instruments. It's one of my favorite instruments, cello and organ, because they're both such emotive and evocative instruments. And like the amount of sort of color and, and emoting you can do with those instruments is beautiful. Whereas viola doesn't really get given those parts a lot of the time. Mm. And the parts where the viola does shine, they're not like famous classical pieces of music yeah. so I, but I do think honestly check out viola stuff it's sick it's a it's a really nice instrument but you just don't it's kind of dying out I think yeah. I fuck with Apocalyptica <laughs> I've never really listened to them to yeah, be honest they're good they're really good <laughs> yeah yeah I, I fuck with Yo-Yo Ma he's like <laughs> yeah. the fucking best cellist do they, oh. do they do their own music or are they just covers like yeah, they do their own they do their own too yeah, yeah okay. there's like I, I got Shem into an amazing Apocalyptica song which has got the guy from the Rasmus and also Villa Velo oh, from him oh shit <laughs> I think it's it's one of my favourite Apocalyptica tracks it's so fucking good and the yeah. video, music video is amazing like yeah. we should we should get you to react to it later man like I prefer the one with the, the female the, the singer from uh, oh, Tal- Mano Apes I think it is I don't know that oh, one I've got Mano Apes from about Spell, yeah. yeah they've got a song with her and it's Fucking awesome. Yeah, the Apocalyptica are legit. I saw them play in like 2006 at Sonosphere and it was sick. They're like, they're, they're legit. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few live clips in it. Yeah, it was really impressive. They're really, really good. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Ville, he's he's uh, he's in, on Hellfest, isn't he? Performing at Hellfest? What? Doing solo stuff? What? I saw his name on the lineup somewhere. What? Sorry. Is he not? Uh, if he is, fucking hell, I'm excited. I'm not sure. I, I might have just got your hopes up there, but I'm sure I, I saw. I love his voice. He's doing some touring thing at the moment, which is that, I'm. Is that like uh, us getting your hopes down when we told you incineration? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, f- well, I didn't realize incineration festival yeah, so was this today. Isn't gonna live on the, this isn't going to go live on the same day, but <laughs> the day we're filming this, it's, it's fucking incineration festival. I had the 29th of May in my head. And it's the 13th of May. And I'm fucking devastated. Yeah, but like, it was sold out anyway. So it was like, I've got to get my incineration festival tickets. We're like, mate, that's so better hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. You could, if he's playing, I'm going to be so excited. Yeah, I, I think I was chatting shit, you know. I don't think he is because I feel like I know. Yeah, I feel, I feel I, like he's on cycle though because he's done a solo record, hasn't he? I yeah, yeah, actually I've, didn't I've know. Seen him on a few, I think I've just seen his name on a few lineups on Twitter. 
and just maybe um, implanted it in my head that he's playing Hellfest as I well. I don't keep a close eye on his stuff, to be honest, anymore, but I have I have warm, fuzzy feelings towards him from being a teenager and just fucking absolutely loving Wings of a Butterfly. I've, I've always thought him a very mid... <laughs> That's just because you have you're a straight white man, That's I guess. True. So no, I can't. I I don't think I've. I could only. I think I've only maybe listened to two hymn songs in my life. So oh damn, I wasn't like a huge hymn fan when I was younger, but I I really liked them. I thought they they were, I, I like I fancied him obviously as a teenager, and I had the picture in Kerrang that <laughs> I posted on I my wall. Would it be fair to say that Bam Margera and Jackass lot helped a lot with yeah, their popularity? Totally, because he had like yeah. the him tattoo, right? And he yeah, was like the heart of Graham. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a lot of sort of they were really good at creating this like mystique around themselves. Him and yeah. like everyone was like, "Ooh, no one knows what it means, but it means his infernal majesty and things." Uh, it was like so lame, but kind of yeah. Cool they kind of always flirting with the slightly satanic uh, overtures, weren't they? And he like lived in a tower in Helsinki. Yeah. Same time as Akakoka, though, man. They didn't stand a chance. Akakoka is so much cooler. You obviously liked Akakoka yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Akakoka, like, they weren't trying to convince everyone they were having lots of sex. Oh, they, but they didn't need to, because they, they clearly were. Because they clearly were. <laughs> they clearly were fucking, like... No. They were uh, the opposite of whatever an incel yeah. is. And then they were, they were risk, they were they were risk to the gills. <laughs> <laughs> a Duracell. <laughs> <laughs> Chariz on. Chats on. Have you ever heard the interview of them and Bruce Dickinson? What? Like, oh yeah, they're, they're taking the like piss out of him. Huge Iron Maiden fans, and then they just they just completely rinse Bruce Dickinson in this radio interview, and he gets so flustered. It's no, I don't. Really no. fucking funny. It's really funny. It's really funny. <laughs> I need to watch that. It's My favourite Acker Cocker interview was always the one they done on the the, uh, the Christian Irish. Oh. Um, <laughs> we don't watch you here. Yeah. <laughs> Akakoka are the best band. Shout out, Akakoka. We fucking, they know we, we love them. Everyone okay. knows. I want to keep telling them. I need to get like their Kerned logo tattooed <laughs> on my forehead. <laughs> uh, well, i tell you what, speaking of buying tickets, I think um, anybody who's an Akakoka fan needs to get on that. Wait, uh, an Akakoka light. Uh, Akakoka, nice. <laughs> For the APA. Akakoka Protection Agency. <laughs> but it's, um, so they're playing Caronzon in full at the Night of Salvation, which is the Friday night. I'm going to fucking lose my shit. And I, do you know what? I thought they would like the headline. Apparently, there's still a headline announcement to go for that Friday night. What the fuck? So it seems like Damnation is gearing towards being more of a two-day... Is it a double enslaved set? So they've announced Below the Lights in full. Below the Lights. And then they're playing the first album, which I'm not going to attempt. Maybe it's Electric Wizard doing Dope Throne. (sighs) No, they wouldn't do that on the Friday. (laughs) Well, but they've got Enslaved playing on the Friday and the Saturday. And they're headlining. Well, maybe, and so maybe is, I don't. So is Electric Wizard, and it's a UK exclusive. I mean, so if that's I the case, Friday is going to be fucking packed. Friday's out. the day for so me. I, th- I think it's still it's not listed yet as like a bundle. You can buy it as a. I need to buy our tickets. Like, yeah. so I'm really worried it's going to sell out. Yeah, I, I need. I need, I need the to get on that. Best lineup for years, man. It's very, very good. Yeah. Oh, fucking That's hell, that poster. And the Psy and Nafrak. The BC Arena. I mean, I was talking about this when I'd done the review of it last year. It's so much better for them because, like, mm. you went from one extreme to the other. You went from, like, the winding holes of the Leeds Union, which is just a nightmare to navigate when it gets busier towards the end with the headliners are playing, to, like, a massive open space. Like, I watched, like, 90% of the despised icon ducked out the last song and managed to get barrier for at the gates. Like, I wouldn't, if that was the Leeds Union, I wouldn't be able to have gotten to the main stage to see at the gates. I'm just so excited to see Akakoka play in the fucking Beck Arena, man. Yeah, should be good. And that's Julie Christmas as well. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe that. That's yeah, gonna be undeath nice. of the, now playing as well. I wonder if, if Julie Christmas is there, probably Cult of Luna is going to be there too. 
Oh, maybe. That's a shout. Maybe that. No, no, sorry, but if I was Gav, I would book Cult of Luna. So they've already, already done that. Yeah, 2016, oh, they did they the Mariner set. That was a while ago, though. It's like, what? Yeah, to be fair, I mean, they could do it again. I mean, it's, it's been long years. enough. Yeah. Eight years. <laughs> I've done my time. Eight years. <laughs> eight years ago. Right, should we get back to her fires? Yeah. I was distance? actually talking about violas before we started talking about this, and I just wanted to say that um, there was some beautiful string work on this album. I want to shout out to those musicians who I'm going to I'm gonna mispronounce this name. I think it's um, Simri or Kimri, Hugh Kill, and Julie Beistlein and Julie Jacobson and Lisa Williams. So they all did the strings, and there's string production by Randy Slaw, which is a wonderful name. Nice. Aren't they yeah. good enough to be on... Yeah, they're signed... Yeah, they're on Metal Archive, signed Wait. to Prosthetic Records. Didn't you just say a bunch of women's names? No, they were, they were the string... like oh, the string players. They were the oh, string, they were, they're not like core cool band members to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That looks a bit like a... Um, uh, uh, what's his a name? Special. Kind of logo. Yeah. A special logo. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It probably is. It's very yeah. much his style. It's, but yeah, I'm really impressed with this album. I'm going to go back and listen to the first one as well, which dropped in 2020. There's mm-hmm. so many bands that dropped albums in 2020 that just didn't COVID really albums. notice. Because, yeah, because yeah. there's just so much. Yeah, because barely anybody did it apart from like, you know, like, like burgeoning bands, bands first getting onto the scene or bands that had been sitting on music for so long. They're like, fuck it, we're going to have to release it at some point. Yeah. But yeah, I really like it. I just want to give a quick shout out to the last track on the album, which is Idiopathic Despair. Despair. And that was a great track, and I think it was uh, a little bit different from the rest of the album. It was a bit bouncier, a bit more groovier, and normally, and I'll talk about this when we review the Cattle Decap album, because the last album was the really long, moody track. Mm. I, I like the way this band kind of switched it up, and you had a lot of the kind of like atmospheric, kind of like really crushing ambience, death doom on the first few tracks, and then the last track was the one that was actually a bit more like kind of bouncier, fast-paced. And yeah, just had a good vibe all the way through. Like, it's just... I can't recommend this band enough. I really like the first track. I really liked how I love it when a song starts with like a sample of like fire crackling and yeah. rain falling. That was like a plus ASMR moment before like getting all heavy and building up the atmosphere. I love that. I felt that I feel like this and the Cattle Decap album are both both very much like in rooted in nature, yeah. which I really appreciate. I, I prefer that to like let's talk about killing other people (laughs) torturing someone in the woods like this is just very much like you will crumble into dust and the insects will feast upon your body as you decompose which I really appreciate yeah it's great vocals as well like I think really you know I think when you've got music like this it's very common it's a very common vocal style for like this kind of kind of melodic death doom subgenre but like it, it just works so well it's kind of like growled a bit more subdued like not overly characteristic or and just like really well placed really well phrased vocals and um, really reminds me of a band i think i was discussing this yesterday there's a band called uh vehemence that were big in the uh had it dropped a couple of absolutely killer melodic death metal albums in the early 2000s um, some problematic problematic song titles on some of the albums, but one of the albums is a bit inselly, but like the music was amazing. That's cool. And um, I think they're from very much of that era where like, you know, where death metal could kind of get away with calling, well, maybe not get away with it. But like, um, <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> there, was, there was less, that's the wrong vehemence, by the way. Oh, is it? And another one, they're from that's Phoenix, funny, Arizona. I thought you meant vehement, who are our mates down in Brighton. Yeah. But the, this is vehement, like mints. I'm just going to clear myself before I get cancelled. So, (laughs) (laughs) not suggesting that it was good that bands got away with it. I'm saying there was less of a spotlight. You are are thus uncancelled. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. This guy's wearing a shirt that says Grind the Blind. (laughs) Nice. 
That's wonderful. That's Nathan, the vocalist, I think. I had their albums on CD. Good shot, gang member Dave. That's a very old, old logo. I like it. You had the right one there. This yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Guys. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he used to have hair because I remember watching the music video. <laughs> They've got an album called The Thoughts From Which I Hide. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wonderful. There's some good slams in that album. This is more of like a straightforward death metal album. It's like some proper slams. Is that an upside down lady? Yeah, I, th- I think so. That looks ridiculous. Why do her, her knees look like a bum? I love this because it looks like a PS1 video game cover. Yeah, like her it does actually. Yeah, completely yeah, it really does. out, but she's wearing a sweetheart neckline that doesn't make any sense. She no, looks like Britney Spears. But that's not what corsets look like. That's not what that's not what an underbust is supposed to look like. No, that's a very badly, very badly fitted corset. Zero out of ten to their uh, tailor. You'd love track number three. What's it called? I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> no, let yeah. me, let I, me I, read I, it with I my eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we can't say that on air. <laughs> yeah, as you were saying, <laughs> back then you couldn't get cancelled. <laughs> it's a showing yeah, I love the artwork for this album as well. For yeah, it's the, a lovely uh, oil painting. It's, it's Does it digital. say who? It's digital. Yeah, you can tell. Okay, from over here it looks like an oil painting. It's nicely done, though. It's beautiful. It's a great nice. effort. Lovely colours. A band I will keep my eye on in the coming years. It's like a mixture of like Russian and German romantic era portraiture. Yeah, yeah. At first, I thought it was maybe more of a black metal thing. I don't know why I just had that kind of aesthetic. But then um, with like the woodlands and stuff. But yeah, pleasantly surprised that it's more of like the uh, insomnium and Moore's Principium Est style of melodic death metal. I thought it was Principium. Yeah, I've probably fucked up. <laughs> Fair enough. Should we move on to uh, another fucked up but beautiful album? Yes. Terracite Butt Cattle Butt? Terracite Butt. A bug's life. A butt's life. Terracite by Cattle Decapitation. Yeah. So um, I think they've kind of embraced the bug's life memes. I think there was, I saw somewhere that they um, had like um, a bit of merch somewhere that was like kind of embracing it. I loved A Bug's Life. I thought it was better than Ants. Did you? <laughs> I think I preferred Ants. I like both a lot. They were both like Ants, really big films for me. One. They're both actually no Ants is better in terms of its its um, <laughs> message and politics. Yeah. But I love the like Nate like how A Bug's Life looked. And that guy was a Dick, the American general fucking locust dude. He was yeah. so evil. Yeah, I used to have like A Bug's Life toy. Oh my god, not like that though. That's like oh Mr. Christ. Blobby. It's like if Mr. Blobby had children. I don't want anything. No. It literally has like a weird fucking camel toe thing going on. It's Christ. making me uncomfortable. What the fuck? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no fucking way. No. Like, the fact that it's blushing. Uh, just to give context to anybody that's okay. not. We're currently looking at an image of the. I can't remember the caterpillar's name from A Bug's Life, but it's a caterpillar fleshlight. I don't want to know what its name was because it makes it worse. That is. That's, that's a niche product if ever I saw one. The way it's like lifelessly looking out and blushing. It's so small. <laughs> I didn't realize how small it is. Christ. Why? That's it's amazing. horrific. Oh. That can't be licensed. <laughs> That's not been trademarked, has it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it CE certified? Wow. That's horrific. So I think the reason 
should explain, give a bit of context to why we're talking about A Bug's Life. Yes. The album cover for this album, Terrasite, features a uh, locust emerging from his kind of husky, what would you call it? His, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a word and I wrote it down. It's a oofaka. There you go. I think it's, wait. Cloaca. Yeah, oofaka. No, cloaca is, is a <laughs> totally different part of the world. And the artwork is actually, it's actually got quite poignant yeah. reason behind it. So it is a tribute to uh, Gabe Serbian from The Locust who died uh, it's called a semi-recently, who was a former member of Cattle Decapitation during the earlier Grindcore eras, so during the uh, human 2000s? jerky. Huh? I think it was until 2000. Was it until that late? Was it was, I, late I know he wasn't on, I'm pretty sure he wasn't on their first full-length like album with Metal Blade, which was to mm. serve man. I know he was definitely on Human Jerky and, and Homivore, which were like their, their EPs slash albums, which were much more kind of like Grindcore uh, kind of like death grind orientated before they kind of and you know the interesting thing I really like um, Cattle Decapitation's journey as a band um, in many ways it's kind of reminiscent of bands like um, Opeth and other bands that have had real radical like stylistic changes sorry I didn't realise he has a tattoo on his neck as casual that's so no. cool <laughs> that's pretty sick it's like The Undertaker <laughs> had a tattoo that had his wife's name he had to get it lasered off why I don't know why I keep bringing up wrestling why did he have it lasered off because uh, he, he divorced with his wife. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. And he said that the removal process was more far more painful. painful than... Do you know why? Why? Because basically the removal process, they get a laser and it boils the ink oh, underneath Jesus. your skin so that it like explodes out of your skin cells. And then your body has to process it in urea and then you excrete out the ink. Shit. It's really painful. That's brutal. Yeah. Someone should write an album about that. <laughs> it probably has already happened. <laughs> that's brutal with two O's. <laughs> brutal. With two zeros, I should say. Sorry. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I'll tell you another band that Cow Decapitation kind of remind me of, and they've had like a similar similar time they've been active in a similar trajectory, mm. is uh, Aborted. Oh, that's interesting. They've kind of had a similar thing. Started off more kind of like grindy mm. and then kind of like involved into like kind of like a carcass worshipy kind of sound, especially with like like very like inspired by the early vocals of Jeff and um, Bill. And then they both kind of found their own niche within like the death grind genre. Mm. Like I think Aborted, it took them a while to kind of hit the ground running and they both kind of um, kind of dabbled in deathcore for an album as well, weirdly enough. They each had their kind of deathcore albums where they were experimenting, kind of going with what was cool in the scene at the time, around about bands like Suicide Silence and stuff were prominent. And then they kind of went back into realising what worked for them. And I think what really works for Cattle Decapitation now is they've got a really interesting style. And this album is very uh, reminiscent of their new sound, which is like... It's just really dynamic. Um, there's like even hints of black metal in a lot of the riffing, like very atmospheric, like a lot of tremolo riffing in like the higher register. Um, I think Travis Ryan is a vocalist. If, just, if you don't mind, I'm just going to wax a lyrical about Travis Go Ryan. For it. As a vocalist I know how much you love this band. He is, in my opinion, one of the best vocalists. And I really, one thing he started doing a few albums back, I think the first track he ever did, did it with was on the harvest floor, was what's called the Goblin Vocal Technique. Mm-hmm which is kind of like this weird in-key, kind of like shrill, like half-harsh, half-clean vocal technique that he does. I think he's doing it in that picture um, there. So what in this picture, what he's doing is that's the air displacement trick that you use for tunnel. Well, you put your thumb in your mouth. Vocals. No, that's his tongue. That's he's his sticking t- his tongue, tongue out the, the side of his mouth. the same color as his fingers? What the fuck? He's white. Like, yeah. You don't have a white tongue if you're white. Yeah. So, so what that is, that's what a lot of deathcore vocalists do. So that creates air displacement, which creates the tunneling effect. 
which he... Sorry, I just tried to do that. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Review is just goblin mode. I'm always in goblin mode. <laughs> like Will Ramos from Lorna Shaw. Whoa, that looks so crazy. I didn't know they did that. That's a sick set as well. It's from it a... Co- really good. He must, yeah. His tongue must be so fucking strong. Yeah. Is the, is the, isn't their drummer still Dave? Dave McGraw. Is he still the same guy? Yeah. So good. Beast. That's mad. They're playing in Hellfest, right? Are they? Oh, fuck, we're doing it again. Look at what you feel so... <laughs> <laughs> feel like Just to like clarify, Bill Vallow and Count Capitation <laughs> are not booked onto Hellfest this year. <laughs> the amount of false information we give out on this podcast. Fucking <laughs> hell. <laughs> Fake news. Fake news podcast. Yeah, so he's kind of a king of that kind of tunnel tunnel throat technique that a lot of deathcore vocalists. Like the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to get that. <laughs> but the goblin vocals—that's a different thing he does. Okay. So you hear it a lot on the Death Atlas album, the album prior to this one, and uh, he uses it to great effect on this album as well. There are moments um, where he just sounds like Benji from Skindred to me. Yeah, he's. It does sound a bit like Benji. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Then it's yeah. kind of like, you know, when you mention something, then you can never unhear it. Yeah, yeah, he sounds like a, seriously. The, the, when he does like the, the like clean, distorted cleans, he sounds like Benji from Skinner. Yeah, I can hear He's that. He's the same place, but oh my goodness. Uh, that's a different not the same, guy. Not the same one. That must be quite annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he was also, he doesn't do them as much, but on the earlier albums, he, he was really, really good and inventive with his guttural vocal techniques. That's interesting. He did a lot of toilet bowl styles because he was heavily oh, inspired by Joe from Broken Hope. Oh, yeah. And the Broken Hope album, Swamped in Gore, that was one of the first times you ever heard that ultra-guttural style. Like, a lot of people kind of give it to Chris Barnes on the uh, Tomb of the Mutilated album as being one of the first albums to feature that super, super low style. Obviously, mm-hmm. Andy Bowman is another guy that gets credited a lot for the super-guttural vocal style. You should get the credit. But Joe from Broken Hope is like a, is a serious like player in like the, the, Amazing. In the death metal vocal scene. And I know Travis was heavily inspired by him. And funny enough, and all on all their albums previously, he always used to be a, there always used to be a little disclaimer, ugh, disclaimer in the booklet, which said that um, that there was no vocal effects used on the album. Nice. And the only other time I ever saw that was with uh, there's a Spanish death metal band called Avulsed. Yeah. And their vocalist Dave Rotten used to have the same thing. Dave and, Rotten. And funny enough, he sounds quite similar to Travis Line as well. Because what's good about their gutturals is they're still quite good at enunciating their words when they're doing the gutturals. And he's just got such a good range. Like, he does a great, like, bellow as well, similar to Glenn Benton of Dayside. So I just think he's just a very, very versatile and well-rounded uh, extreme vocalist. Do you want to know a fun fact about Travis Ryan? Go on. He's been in, he's been in many, many bands. And he's currently in a band called Anal Flatulence. And in the 90s, he was also in a band called Anal... No, wait, I'm getting the wrong way around. <laughs> he's currently in a band called Anal Trump. And he used to be in a band called Anal Flatulence in the 90s. I, I, I seem to remember him talking about Anal Flatulence once before. I think so. yeah. it was just a complete joke. It was just like a... Well, he, he brought the joke back because he went from Flatulence to Trump. Oh, nice. Anal... So oh, I, I get it. It's like okay. a, a reunion or something. But yeah, I found that quite amusing that he's he really likes anal when it comes to <laughs> naming its bands. Anyway. Oh, the, the worst. Do you ever remember Anal Blast? There's a lot of anal out there. <laughs> I used to think it was anal nafrak, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, same. That's why when you try and search them, it still doesn't come up, because I think the, the autofill <laughs> It comes thinks, up with something else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't, yeah. But Anal Blast had uh, Don Decker as their vocalist. He's the infamous vocalist who used to eat, um, use tampons on stage. Well, eat them? Yeah. Can you eat tampons? I don't know, he did. He'd ask people to throw them on stage and used to eat them. And then, like, whether it's an urban legend or not, I don't know, but I've read reviews of people who said they witnessed... 
women throwing the tampons on they stage. They would, like, explode in your throat and you'd choke. Because Have you seen how much they expand? I mean, look at this guy. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he enjoys eating and tampons. Joey Jordison was in uh, Anal Blast for a little bit as well. Wow. I believe he played drums for a bit. Damn. And they kind of, some of their albums parodied the Cradle of Filth font, which is why it says Anal of Blast <laughs> instead of Cradle of Filth at some point. Oh, my God. But yeah. <laughs> kind okay. of back in the era of, like, sketchy and odd gore grind. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, just you mentioned that. Oh, he's, he's, is he dead? Just, yeah, he died. Yeah. I'm really, was it because he ate a tampon? Did he uh, liver failure, I seem to remember. Probably it's because cirrhosis he ate of the liver. So many tampons. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What yeah. the? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. No. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to say that either. <laughs> right. Okay, this guy's let's, dead, so he doesn't need to be cancelled. To... Um, fucking hell so I'll give a bit of context about the album so Cow Decapitation long running band from San Diego California signed to Metal Blade Records for pretty much since their first main full length I think they've always what I like about them as well they've always kind of they've always used the same guy to do their art which is Wes Ben Scotta so he's done their artwork for pretty much their entire discography uh, David Otero has been doing their production since Monolith of Inhumanity amazing um, and yeah even the lineup's like somewhat like consistent so like Travis Ryan been the vocalist for a long time uh, Josh Elmore's been on guitars pretty much since the last couple of decades Dave McGraw the current drummer's been with them a while an absolute beast of a drummer um, you've got Oliver Pennard on bass and then the newest member Belisario Demuzio on rhythm guitar um, and I have went on record numerous times to say how much of a fan I was of their previous album, Death Atlas. Always been a huge Cattle Decap fan, and I was really impressed with that album. And I think this album is definitely another worthy addition to their discography. Very much in the same vein of De- Death Atlas. Like, there's a good balance of, like, really heavy, spindly, kind of, like, death grinds and death metal mm. with, like, like, same thing as what we're saying about the Fires in the Distance album. Like, there's a lot of, like, staccato riffing, like, great, really locked-in, like, um, double blasts with the bass. And um, But then there's also some really cool atmospheric vocals, uh, atmospheric moments with the clean vocals and just the more emotive kind of black metal-tinged passages. So, yeah. And uh, one thing I like that they've done on this album as well, which they did with Death Atlas, was the last track was like a a 10-minute-plus kind of, like, opus. And I felt like it was kind of like an homage to maybe Gabe from The Locust who sadly passed away. And it was just, yeah, just a real kind of like the band just kind of running the full gamut and um, just putting everything on show for a great final track. This was my favourite thing that I've listened to them so far. Oh, really? Yeah, because I've not listened to like a huge amount of their back catalogue, but I remember we reviewed Death Atlas, I believe. I think... No, we didn't. I, just I, I don't did. think the podcast existed when Death Atlas ah. came out. Oh, no, you know what? You you recommended it to me, and I listened yeah. to it, and I was like, huh. And um, in my mind, I reviewed it. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> in the, uh, the non-existent platonic edition of the Serpent Temple podcast that only exists in that realm, um, it does, to an extent, not and exist. Anyway, um, yeah, I thought it was a really good album, and I really, I really enjoyed the fact that they're like... They tend not to be eco-fascist, cattle decap, but they do also just like really tackle the fact that we're kind of fucked head on. And I like how they did it with this is like, um, so Terra, Terra site, according to them, is a fusion of the words Terra, Earth, um, which is Latin, and Cetos, which is food in Greek. And you very rarely do get fusions of Latin and Greek when it comes to etymology. So like one of the rare examples of that is television, because tele means distance in Greek and vision is from like, yeah, this is probably really boring for most people, but I think that's fascinating that you very rarely do... Like most most okay. classicists like frown on the fusion of yeah. Greek and Latin when it comes okay. to words. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, it's uh, genuinely interesting. <laughs> so, so I only just realized that like now. But yeah, so uh, according to the, the band, the word has two definitions, a devourer or destroyer of land or earth or the post-anthropophysine humanity. I can't believe I said that right. Um, but yeah, so like the album is like, it's not actually about humans now. It's kind of like a future, like how humans are evolving into this like horrific, parasitic, insect-like creature. And I really love how at the beginning, the first words, stop fucking putting the fleshlight up in front of me, Shem. <laughs> the first words of the album. That's a picture of a fleshlight, not an actual one, just to clarify. <laughs> Serpent Temple fleshlight. <laughs> It'd be horrific. Anyway, I need to stop developing that as a product in my mind. Um so yeah, the first line of the album is a, is a Jurassic Park reference. No, oh, no way. It's life finds a way. Oh shit! That's the first line of the album. That's amazing. Life finds a way. The fauna from the trauma culled from the pages of this human drama are petrified tombs now crumbling ufukas from which a new species of human arises. So he's like setting the scene for this story of like this new breed of humanity that comes and just that, like he literally calls it. Um, is this not a cesspool, a toilet earth that we've crafted for our progenies? That's crazy. Like, in this landfill where we lay down our births, a future rife with variants of disease. I guess it's obviously about COVID. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting, like, you know, he's he's saying, this is like, these are throughout, so the the first, the first verse was from the first song. The second was from the second, called We Eat Our Young. And it's like, there's this amazing existential moment where he's like, who even are we? What is our end game? What is with this army that survived from the end game? <laughs> it sounds like a rap. Ah, <laughs> the fleshy architects, bold in design, but fucking out of its mind with self-indulgence and a self-worship, birthing in stifling numbers as the planet worsens. So it's like a really interesting sort of commentary on the future of us as a race and like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Which I really enjoy because like, they're kind of... Um, they're kind of they're kind of doing our zoom record is nearly out of battery so we've got to wrap it up soon Sheb's trying to like casually <laughs> trying to fucking give us a seizure in the process <laughs> he's like opened Microsoft Word <laughs> and has made it like the biggest font possible he's like wrap it's it like up flashing <laughs> right, we've got to end it here because I've got to lie down <laughs> <laughs> here we need, to, we need to call an ambulance <laughs> Floyd's having a stroke. um yeah, it was it was really good. I really liked it. Uh, I really liked the insignificance. Really cool. Really great. That's a great song. Shout out yep. anal flatulence and um, thank you so much for watching. Like, please like and subscribe. You're more than welcome to send us an email and and say random things to us, and we'll give you advice. Anything you want. Peace and love. Serpent Temple. And wrote. <laughs>